0: Greetings, Star Wars fans. This is Andrew from Coruscant Radio Underground. You're listening to the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. Remember, the Force will be with you always.
1: of Control, this is TK226. Come in, Scarif Control. Uh, you think what I'm thinking? Looks like they're talking Star Wars
2: again. General Veers, prepare your men. How's it going, Star
1: Wars fans? Grab your sunscreen and your blasters. You've tuned into the Scarif Podcast. This is the Scarif Scuttlebutt. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi.
2: You're my only hope.
1: And with those words, we meet a princess. The driving force of A New Hope, or Star Wars, as it was once called back then. No episode numbers. Governor talk.
3: I should have expected to find you holding
1: Vader's leash. I recognized your foul stench when I was brought on board. Rescue the princess, escape the Death Star, warn the rebels. This
3: is some rescue. Into the garbage chute, flyboy. Will somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way?
1: Simple enough. But with Leia, it was never simple.
3: I just assumed it was a woman.
1: With the untimely passing of Carrie Fisher in 2016, the Star Wars fandom was shaken to its core. Fast forward to 2019 and with an upcoming final chapter in the Star Wars Skywalker saga with Episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker. The future of the legacy of Leia Organa is uncertain. Our episode tonight dives into a fictional character who will you. never be forgotten. I know. As well as an artist who portrayed her equally unforgettable. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. Help me,
3: Obi-Wan Kenobi.
1: hey everybody Wow that was incredible I uh, I'm very excited to uh, start this podcast this double episode it's a I've been calling it a mega crossover episode.
2: Yeah I've been looking forward to this all all, all week since we uh, announced that we'd be doing it folks uh, we have a couple of special guests and uh, we're doing a crossover episode if you will tonight.
1: We've got our friends over at Coruscant Radio Underground. And uh, how are you guys doing tonight?
2: We're doing great. We're good.
1: Excellent, excellent. So we're going to talk a little bit about the legacy of Leia Organa. And um, obviously we've got... uh, You guys want to introduce yourselves and uh, tell the listeners how to find your podcast?
2: All right.
0: Well, I'm Andrew Gore, uh, host Coruscant Radio Underground. You can find our podcast on our website, thesciencefictionary.com, or you can find it at really pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts
3: and i'm marisha i'm andrew's wife and co-host excellent and brad we got brad
1: also uh how you doing brad
2: i'm hot it's hotter than scarif here man it's 90 i think it's still 90 degrees right now here
1: (laughs) awesome awesome so Let's uh, let's dive right into it. Uh, the legacy of Leia Organa. First of all, we're going to talk a little bit about the Resistance and the Rebellion, and uh, you know, long time coming. Let me also say that Carrie Fisher uh, obviously was a uh, force to be reckoned with. Definitely, pun intended. <laughs> Tell me a little bit, just a quick little background as to uh, how deep your fandom, your Star Wars fandom goes. Um, Brad, we already know about you, but uh, uh, you guys over, of course, on radio, uh, a little primer on on your Star Wars fandom, if you don't mind.
3: Well, my Star Wars fandom started when I was about eight, and um, my sister and I were supposed to be in bed. But instead, we were sitting at the top of the stairs... Uh, watching my dad, watching what my dad had on TV. He was downstairs, and he was clearly watching something interesting that we weren't allowed to see, so we needed to be sneaky. We weren't that sneaky, and he saw us, and he told us we could come down and watch Star Wars, um, A New Hope, with him. Oh, wow. And so that was kind of, you know, he, we had Star Wars on VHS, and so... When we were at his house, that's, you know, one of the things we just did. We just sat around and watched lots of TV, lots of Star Wars. Um, And I, was, I guess I was about 13, 12 or 13, when The Phantom Menace came out. And, you know, the incredibly huge um marketing, successful marketing campaign, because that was whenever I really, I guess, became low-key obsessed with star wars especially the costumes and of course padme because i was a 13 year old girl she was the coolest thing ever sure um and you know about 10 years ago i married the king of the nerds over here and um
2: did you have a stormtrooper wedding that's what counts
3: (laughs) and then had started having children with him and so that's kind of when i i became even more obsessed i guess than i had been um for a long time people would say so who's the big star wars fan is it you or andrew i was like oh no that's totally his thing and about that time my my phone rang and it was the star wars
1: that's hilarious
3: theme and i was like okay well i guess i'm gonna have to quit with that particular story <laughs> now <laughs> so here i am
1: <laughs> so my real question is how many versions of star wars on vhs do you own
2: yes i have them on digital i have them on dvd blu-ray i think every format Blue. they have uh...
1: <laughs> a little bit about uh, your fandom andrew
2: yeah
0: i mean i mean i was born into a star wars family i mean my dad was one of those teenagers that saw a new hope in 1977 in the theaters and so just being born into a family where it was already such a big thing and i was born um, i guess the day before empire strikes back hit the theater oh yeah for me star wars has been one of those things it's just i don't remember the first moment where i fell in love with star wars i I remember all these moments where i fell in love with it again but really star wars is one of those things that's just kind of always been there it's always been part of my life and it would feel weird without it
1: it definitely would feel weird i always talk to my friends about what it would be like if star wars you know wasn't a big part of our life Uh, i got into star wars as i was um i was seven years old and brad and i talk about this all the time But one of the things that really, really drew my my love to Star Wars and, uh, you know, it it really it didn't it it didn't really have a lot to do with the spaceships and the explosions. But what really interested me was was basically the like I said, the artists, the people that uh, were um, tasked by George Lucas and company to create this universe out of nothing. The behind-the-scenes, uh, the editors, the camera people, the lighting guys and gals and, and uh, the audio people, that's really what uh, um, amazed me that people were able to, to get together and, and create this universe out of nothing. So that's uh, kind of how uh, how Star Wars kind of affected me. And what would you guys do? Like, just say Star Wars was not part of your life. What would you guys – would you guys like yourselves? <laughs> probably, prob- <laughs> probably not as much.
3: We'd spend a lot more times, a lot more time talking about Lord of the Rings. Probably. Oh yeah, yeah, that's another <laughs> Every franchise. Day Star Wars.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Marisha, you have a uh, uh, an Instagram page that uh, is really, really amazing. I love uh, looking at the costumes, the kids and uh, all the work that you do tell us a little bit about that
3: um well i'm princesses underscore and underscore padawans because it looks cool in print not because it sounds cool to (laughs) say um and yeah i started making costumes um one of my sister's kids went to the very last Uh, star wars weekend at disney world and came back having to have star wars costumes and i was like okay and so next thing i knew i was making like four star wars costumes for my kids and her kids and that's sort of just what i do now with my free time such as it is is i make insanely stupid elaborate star wars costumes for children that they outgrow i'm not sure why i do this to myself but they're very cute.
1: <laughs> they're amazing, amazing. It's uh, amazing work. Thank you. Were you guys able to head down here to Star Wars Celebration in April?
3: No, we were very sad. May have sulked a little bit.
1: Yeah, unfortunately,
0: we just weren't able to uh, to make it work out. And I was a little surprised that they're having it again next year, but um, we're, we're already trying to get, get things lined up so that when they announce it, we yeah. can uh, go ahead and make plans to go.
1: Yeah, they kind of skipped... Uh, we skip a couple of years every so often depending i mean it's a huge huge event to kind of take on the road i i would assume
0: it is yeah i would assume so i mean we went to orlando a few years ago and it's it's massive i mean we go to a lot of cons and it's among the biggest we've been to
1: very lucky that it was in my hometown here in chicago in april and yeah that's um, awesome yeah that's uh, saved me a lot of money let me tell you
3: <laughs> yeah for real
1: yeah guys let's uh so let's dive right into Leia um, you guys obviously you saw uh, Star Wars uh, back in the day when uh, when you know that Star Wars bug bit us uh, what were your first impressions of uh, Princess Leia as she was introduced in in the films
3: oh she was so snarky. I loved all the comebacks My sister and I would just constantly quote things like would somebody get this walking carpet out of my way you know. I mean what's not to love about that when you're a kid. Right. Were you
1: guys were you guys aware of uh of her impact um the the way that she carried her the way really Carrie Fisher kind of molded the character from the words on paper uh the script were you were you aware of how important she would become to the fandom? Not as a kid. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean I think it was really when she kind of brought herself back to to the fandom you know a few years back because i mean really for a long time she just didn't have a whole lot to do with star wars i mean she wasn't doing conventions or anything and i think part of her in fact i think i remember hearing her say she just kind of didn't really know what to think of star wars fans until she finally did celebration a while back and then was just completely overwhelmed with the love that people showed her and for the character
1: yeah there was a, there's an interview that she did um, that talks about how uh, she really came to to love Star Wars, especially as uh, her daughter grew into it, and she was able to share the the uh, love of Star Wars with uh, what's her daughter's name, Billy Lord. Lord, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah, um, and it's you know you guys have uh, we all have kids, but you you have uh, daughters specifically. Um, tell us a little bit about how uh, your kids relate to Leia as a character.
3: I mean, I think they kind of feel a lot like I did about her, that she's just, you know, she's kind of a, she's, she's the thing that they relate to in the original Star Wars movies more than anything else, you know, because she's kind of how they see themselves. They see themselves as, you know, super badass and clever and, you know, a force to be reckoned with. Um, so I think that that's kind of they see her as the way they they see themselves. I guess.
2: Yeah. If, if this makes sense, you know, you talked about having daughters. You know, I'm not raising my daughters to be, you know, female badasses. You know, they're they're just going to be badasses. You know, and I think what you, I think what you're saying about Leia, you know, from the original trilogy, is correct. And uh, same thing with you know Padme from the prequel trilogy. You know, they're they're just you know strong role models. They're not. They don't have to be just strong female role models. They're role models for everybody, um, and, and that's and if this makes sense, you know, I think you're right about both, you know, sexuality, uh, you know, gender, uh, race, like they're, you know, those should be, in my opinion, afterthoughts, you know, not the predominant quality of that character. I think their marriage should stand on their own, no matter, you know, what they are, who they are, you know, where they come from.
1: Yeah and you know Brad and I talk about how uh, characters are written, whether they're female or male. Growing up, I guess, as a Star Wars kid, how did you relate to uh, Leia as a character? And obviously, as kids, you know you don't really uh, differentiate between, you know, well, the, you know she's a princess and he's a scoundrel. Uh, how did you relate to her as a character?:
0: I mean, she's an interesting one because one, she just exudes strength there's just this this aura about her of she kind of commands respect and really that's the big thing even though you've got i mean as a kid luke was always my favorite later on as i probably got to be more of a teenager i think i got to where han was a little bit more of my favorite because we've talked about that a lot where i think i think most boys in particular want to be a little bit han solo sure and um, but I mean, just such a strong character. She does. She has so many cool lines in the movie. She does. There's so many scenes where I mean, she's in charge. She is the the, the most important character on the screen at times, and it's just one of my all time favorite characters. I mean, we talk about this a lot. Me and Marisha do. Where these characters, Luke and Leia and Han, really have they're they're such strong characters that they've really become their own archetypes.
1: Oh, yeah. And you said uh, there's two phrases that you just said. It exudes strength and commands respect. And nothing uh, uh, nothing could be more truer than those two phrases as it pertains to Leia Organa.
3: Yeah, no, I think you're right. You shouldn't have to do this to impress me. Would it help if I got out and pushed? Captain, being held by you isn't quite enough to get me excited. Someday you're going to be wrong and I just don't to see it. I am not a
1: committee. This might be uh, you know stepping on eggshells here but as far as you know the the strength of characters um in the original trilogy Brad knows how I feel about some of the new characters in the Sure. <laughs> in the sequel trilogy I just I I really you know when you put them side by side I really cannot compare and and again It's not the actors, you know, they do the best they can, et cetera, et cetera. But um, do you guys find it difficult to kind of latch on to uh, some of the newer characters? Uh, And, of course, each one, um, I love Ray. Some of the other characters, maybe not as much. Uh, I just wish that uh, probably uh, those characters were a little bit more fleshed out or written a little better in um, uh, the new films. But uh, how do you compare... Leia is a character to some of the other characters that have been introduced lately.
3: Hmm.
0: the The thing is is I feel I think I feel a little bit like you do. Like I really like Ray. Ray's up there in the pantheon of me of of really good characters. I mean, it's really gonna depend on how they finish her story. But as far as you know, Finn and Poe, I really like the actors that play both of those characters. But there's something that just feels incomplete about them. And maybe it's because they're kind of different between the two movies. They're, they're almost like the character direction was changed a little bit. And I just feel like I don't know those characters. We're two movies in and I feel like I really don't know who those characters are.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes them their characters suffer because we really don't see the interaction between all three of them. And they're supposed to be the core characters. Not taking away from anything that the new actors have done because like you said we we love them but uh there's just something that's a little different don't you agree
0: i do and i i think that the you know there it's it's almost a beauty and simplicity with the original characters and that when you meet luke you get a real quick idea that he's this wide wide wide-eyed farm boy
3: who wants to go to tashi station who
0: (laughs) who has dreams of, of doing great things and when you meet Han, I mean, there's no doubt within two minutes of meeting Han Solo, that he's the scoundrel.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: And in the same, the same with Leia. When you meet those three characters, you you immediately are told who they are, and it's not you're not given a complex backstory or anything. It's just this is who this character is, and they stay true to that to some extent through the whole.
3: And they definitely trilogy. grow, but they right. they don't they grow from from that they, they don't they
0: do grow but they don't lose who they they right. are like, right han grows in that he finally finds a family which is turns out you know if you can go back now we have solo kind of always what he was looking for
3: right sure. and
0: so they find the things they're looking for but without giving up who they were even even when han finds those things he's still the scoundrel
3: yeah
1: right And that's what I feel uh, one of many problems for me uh, about how The Last Jedi was uh, even treated its own characters. Like Finn, he would have been a really interesting stormtrooper, you know, First Order uh, character. Um, But I feel like the whole I'm a janitor was kind of played more for laughs. Mm -hmm. And it, it kind of made that character suffer because now, you know, he's a janitor. And, um, you know, I don't think it was worth it.
0: Well, the the other thing with Finn that's never quite worked for me, especially now that we have resistance episodes where we've learned that these stormtroopers are not just raised from birth. They're essentially programmed, brainwashed. brainwashed. Right. And he doesn't really, at least at this point in the story, we haven't really seen like any, like there's no like lasting effects from... From a whole childhood of of programming, it just seems like maybe that character's a little bit too lighthearted, lighthearted to have gone through what he went to come out of what he came out
1: of. Sure, I feel like they don't take uh, the new movies; they don't take the source material seriously. Just the way that the actors carry themselves and and treat those scenes, and obviously their again, just their performances um, are are phenomenal um which which i think helps carry the um uh, you know the weight of of their situations uh the the out of these worlds out out of the ordinary situations that they find themselves in you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah and I still have, I mean, I have high hopes for the rise of Skywalker. And there are things that I love about The Last Jedi, but there there are things that have always bothered me. I've had the weirdest relationship with that movie in general, <laughs> where it's like, I go in it and there's things that are really cool and I get pumped up. And then I kind of walk out and I start going,
3: I don't know how I feel It like has that. problems. It's my favorite movie when I'm watching it until it's over, And then I'm just like, wow, that's got problems. It's well, a, that's
0: it's interesting. A, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful sci-fi movie. It, it has some connectivity issues with what came before it, right? right.
3: I almost feel like whenever they wrote um, the characters for the sequel trilogy, they were like, all right, we're going to write strong female characters. That that's kind of like, the that was the point. That's what they were going out to do. Whereas when they wrote Leia, she just sort of was a strong character. It didn't seem like that was really the point. They weren't necessarily trying to make her you know make a point to make her a strong character but she just was that's how that's how Carrie Fisher played her which I think it's just a different just kind of a different approach I guess
2: just like there's no Luke Skywalker without Mark Hamill you know people can say what they want to on Twitter they will there's no Leia without Carrie Fisher you can't it's hard to differentiate the two anymore they're one and the same I think you know Carrie Fisher her her sense of humor was just you know unmatched and her her sarcasm you know, and the way she used to roast George Lucas all the time uh, for, you know, the the lack of underwear in space because um, they, they don't wear bras in space. I think is what she said. And uh, she became such a role model. You know, part of me wonders pretty obvious with her with his criticism these days. And I wonder what she would be saying right now post The Last Jedi and, and coming up on The Rise of Skywalker, how she would feel, how things are going. But uh, we lost a you know a, a true uh, inspiration role model, and uh, you know she dealt with uh, depression her entire life uh, as well as substance abuse. But she made that very apparent to everybody um, and helped others cope with it um, just by talking about it and letting everybody know about her experiences. And I think that's a that's a very Jedi like thing to do.
1: Maybe Brad and I'll do a, a podcast of all the things that we love about The Last Jedi. It'll probably be seven minutes long, but we'll just do it <laughs> anyway.
0: <laughs>
1: we have powerful friends. You're gonna regret this.
3: Oh.
2: So I got a I got a question uh for uh, Marisha. Uh would love to get a female perspective on this. So now we call her Hut Slayer. Yeah. Uh and that came from the bloodline book from Claudia Gray. Uh were you previously offended by the term slave Leia? And do you prefer Hutslayer or does it not matter at all?
3: I mean, Hut Slayer is I mean, that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty imposing. I think that's a really cool title, but Slave Leia, I mean, to say that she was a slave doesn't make her any less of an imposing character it's something that happened to her that she overcame that's that's pretty badass too amen i mean from where i'm standing
2: that's fantastic
3: i mean if something something that that traumatic for her to have been kidnapped and and enslaved and and treated that way and for her to come out of it as imposing as she was i mean i don't no, I'm not offended by her having been referred to as Slave Leia. I love that answer. Getting back to Leia,
1: um, let's talk a little bit about, um, now that we're you know kind of uh, uh, straight into the Last Jedi um, a realm here, uh, Leia as a Force user. Um, oh, that's right. Obviously, uh, she is the uh, twin sister of Luke Skywalker, the greatest Jedi ever uh, to wield a lightsaber. The Last Jedi kind of introduced the fact that, uh, yeah, Leia was probably, you know, kind of studying uh, Jedi tricks or Luke was somehow, you know, involved in training her kind of uh, in the background. What do you guys think of Leia as a Force user uh, in general?
2: As far as her abilities, I don't think she's actually too far off, believe it or not, from, from the EU Um, I think, you know, as far as Force capabilities, I think you have your active users and more of your passive users. And I think Leia has always been more of a passive user. I think the thing that Ryan Johnson used for justification, uh, or one of the folks from Lucasfilm used for justification, was the scene at the end of Empire Strikes Back where Luke reaches out to her and then she could, you know, hear him through the Force. So that, you know, that's a passive ability through the Force, and that was his justification for having her uh, flow through space like that. Um, but if I remember correctly, I, think, I don't think she began her Force training for quite some time in the EU either. Um, and I don't, if I remember correctly, I don't think she was ever a, a very strong Force user in the EU.
3: Well, I mean, it definitely makes sense. You know, the whole, all of the information that we have leading up to Leia, I mean, it stands to reason she should be just as strong with the force as Luke is. Right. I mean, just just because they're twins. I mean so I mean her being a force user doesn't bother me.
0: Right. I like the idea of Leia being a, a force user. I, I would like some um a little bit of, of background on and, and I'm sure at some point they're gonna give us something. But I would have liked a little bit of exposition somewhere in the movies about some of the training that she had had. Um, I really, but I do really like the idea of her being a force user in the expanded universe. She was a force user, was a was a full fledged Jedi Knight. You know, I I've always she kind could of have hoped floated they back would in there and said that, what, <laughs> go that direction <laughs> mm-hmm. with her. Um, but it's like I wish they would either give us some more exposition or or just commit to her being a force user because so far they've really the scene where she flies back to the ship is really the only scene we've seen her use it other than where we've seen her use it like she did in empire strikes back when she knew to go back for luke
1: right and i was i was going to mention that it seems like she kind of heard him or felt him and she knew exactly where he was so that that was kind of cool well
3: and she also remembers that the mother that she saw for those two seconds that time was beautiful and sad (laughs) so i mean if that's not a force ability i don't know what is
1: sure yeah so yeah you mentioned the expanded universe uh brad you've got uh, a little bit of an extra knowledge of of uh, leia in the expanded universe i know she was a jedi um i know we were talking about
2: uh her being trained even by uh, yoda was it I was kind of hoping, I think I was in quite the minority, that uh, she would actually, you know, her final story would be in a book, uh, maybe by, you know, like Claudia Gray, who's treated her right in other books as well. And she could have had a, you know, a really heroic finale in, in a novel format.
3: I'm sure it will be.
1: It even seemed like when she pulled herself back into the ship uh, in The Last Jedi, um, everybody, you know, they nobody reacted like, oh, my God, what is she doing or what's going on? Or, How did she mm-hmm. do that?
2: Mm-hmm. I think their lack of surprise doesn't come from them knowing her backstory or knowing what she's capable I think that just has to do with the writing and the, and the directing uh, or, or lack thereof in that part. It
1: stands to reason that uh, in the, what, 30-plus years that uh, we last saw leia um i'm sure you know luke kind of gave her some pointers or she was able to uh you know take up study with uh, somebody that knew a little bit uh, about the force um right. but uh yeah it's it's andrew like you said it's not the idea that uh, i find um ridiculous that she was a force user it's just that it just lacked the explanation and I, I was, you know, I would totally uh, accept the fact and expect that she was a Force user because of her family lineage. Right. Um, it's just, I guess, the execution of, of how it was done. But, uh, yeah, I'm all for Leia as a Force user. And what kind of film would it have been if, uh, if the writers uh, went another way and, and really dove into Leia as a Force user? What do you guys? uh What do you guys think of that?
3: Would have been a longer film.
0: That <laughs> could have been very interesting. I, I really, I mean, I guess I understand why they didn't.
3: But what? Because we were worried about going off on an unnecessary tangent that wasn't well, going to have any bearing on the story.
0: <laughs> you go, Marisha. Right. Well, I mean, depending on where, <laughs> I'm sorry. Depending on where JJ <laughs> was headed with the story, and who the Skywalker and the Rise of Skywalker is, I still personally believe that it's Anakin's and Luke's story. And as far as who the Skywalker is, it may not be, but I can understand why they didn't spend, you know, half a movie developing why Leia, you know, how Leia became a Jedi. At the same time, I still would have liked to have seen something.
3: You know, I think it's, it's one of those places where the expectations that, um, fans who were really into the EU kind of had built up you know that Luke was going to be a certain kind of person that Leia was going to have a certain kind certain training um, and I think it's one of those things when they decided to like and here's like her three seconds of force shoes it was like I mean like I think people just wanted them to commit you know like let's just commit to this as, as a plot point that you know like she it doesn't just show up that there's a background to it um, and I think that if we had, I mean, especially now that she's gone, I I wish we would have seen more of what she could do, more of what she had been uh, learning and exploring. You know, and maybe that's what they were planning to do with the third movie. You know, now she's gone, so now we're never going to get to see all the exposition we could have done on Leia because that ship sailed.
1: I'm sad now.
3: Oh, sorry, I was <laughs> trying to make you sad. <laughs>
2: Did you guys uh, happen to read uh, that uh, collection from a certain point of view?
3: I don't know. I didn't read those books.
2: They won't ever say whether that's completely canon or legends. So I think it skirts the line there. Um, but one of them, um, I think it was called There Is Another. Uh, I think that might be the title. But anyway, it's uh, from Yoda on Dagobah. And it's before, I think it's, Yeah, it's it happens before Empire Strikes Back, where he's basically thinking that the one that... Obi-Wan's going to send him is Leia, not Luke, because Leia, you know, he seems to, it's, it's like he studied Leia, he studied the both of them, and he likes what Leia's done with her life and her training and um, her personality type, and he looks like he couldn't care less about Luke uh, in that story, and he's hoping that he get, is uh, gets to teach Leia. Uh, Would you guys have liked to have seen that? Uh, You know, we talked about missed opportunities on uh, a previous show. Was there a missed opportunity there? You know, possibly uh, Leia being trained more as a Jedi instead of Luke? Yes.
3: Yes.
1: Yes, uh, The Legacy of Leia Organa, that uh, is part one. Uh, it's been a fantastic discussion. We are going to continue the discussion of The Legacy of Leia Organa uh, because uh, her character uh, cannot uh, encompass just one single episode of a podcast. It is a mega crossover episode between Scarif Podcast and the uh, Coruscant Radio Underground um again part two is going to be on your podcast and can you tell uh the listeners where to find you guys
0: yep you can find uh find our podcast at coruscant radio underground it's available on itunes apple Podcasts, google podcast and pretty much anywhere else that you listen to podcasts out there
1: excellent so part two of leia uh the legacy of leia organa is going to be on uh, your handle is psi underscore fictionary is that correct that is correct that is awesome. Again, the legacy of Leia Organa uh, cannot fit in one podcast. Uh, we've got to split it up. There's a lot there to uh, to absorb. Leia is uh, a beloved character, and uh, we're going to keep talking. Uh, but uh, part two with you guys, I hope listeners uh, tune into that and uh, check out part two of our legacy series, The Legacy of Leia Organa.
2: I don't think we'll fully know the legacy until uh, episode 9 comes out, see uh, you know how J.J. treats the character in absentia of Carrie Fisher being there, uh, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, but uh, Leia Organa, no matter whether it's in the movies, in the books, the comics, uh, she's always been a strong role model uh, and will continue to be, and she's uh, just like Luke's character. She really is timeless. That is the scuttlebutt. LAUGHTER
3: you have been listening to the imperial fancast network
2: that's no moon
1: you may fire when
2: ready i'm a
3: bad feeling about this i am
2: altering the deal pray i don't alter it any further
3: you must unlearn what you have learned you feel a great disturbance in the force i suggest a new strategy Art. you underestimate the power of the dark side